Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Roker Report podcast in association with the Southern Community Soup Kitchen. It's Gav. Back after the Millwall game, and yes, we, we didn't win, we didn't lose, but we got a point. It wasn't too bad, was it, Phil? Phil's with us. Hi, mate. Morning, Gav. Uh, no, I don't <laughs> think it was bad at all, Gav. Um, I think that, you know, to take four points off of Millwall over the two games we played him in this season, I think that's a creditable takeaway, to be honest with you. So, yeah, pretty happy with the result. Yeah, I am as well. I, I was talking in the lead-up of the game about how we just had to go there and compete, and I think we did for the large part. And when you look at our team on the pitch, I mean, outside of the defence, we're a pretty small team, we're a pretty nippy team, yeah. and these things are going to be difficult. When you go into Millwall away at the New Den, a place where you know it's the infamous for the their ability for the crowd to get on top of the, the opposition and just you know make it a difficult place to play, and they've had a really good season so far, to be fair, to Millwall. So it was going to be tough, but... Yeah, you know, to escape with a point is all right, and we came from behind as well. That's the other yeah. thing, you know. And and this has been a feature of this team like for probably the last twelve months or so. They've got a little bit of that about them, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, we've still got that. You know, I think the resilience that was really instilled in the team by Alex Neal has definitely continued under Tony Mowbray. Um, I think he's added a little bit more flair and a little bit more creative spark now. But you're absolutely right, Gav. Saturday was never going to be about razzle dazzle football. It was tight. It was confined spaces. You know, our creative mm. players didn't really have the time and the space to to weave their magic. And it was a different kind of challenge from Fulham. And I, I don't think the contrast between the two games could have been any greater. But as you said, you know, we're not the most physically dominant team. I think um, obviously we've got the likes of Bart and we've got Ballard, and hopefully Pierre Equois is going to add a little bit more clout in midfield. But we showed really good heart on Saturday. You know, and we didn't crumble after going behind. I mean. I think you'd agree with me on this, Gav. You know, some of the teams of you know fairly recent years probably would have folded like an accordion after going 1-0 down at Millwall. You know, we probably wouldn't have fought back from that maybe four or five years ago. So to do that was really impressive. But yeah, it was a gutsy performance, Gav. You know, it, and again, it showed me that this team has the heart and the resilience. Even if the game's not quite ne- their kind of game where they can play the natural style of football, we can adapt and we can grind it out if necessary. Do you think Tony Mowbray would have took the point? Like before the Absolutely. game, yeah. yeah. As you said, Gav, you know it's a it's a, you know it's a formidable place to go and play football. Millwall have got a, a very very good home record there. Better teams than us might go there this season and find themselves being turned over. Millwall did what Millwall do, you know, they did what any team facing Sunderland would do. They, they made it tough for us. They got in our faces. They shut down the spaces. They tried to rough us up a little bit, which is fine. It's not particularly attractive, but it's the way they want to play, which is okay. Um, and it was you know the challenge for our lads was can you adapt? Can you, you handle what Millwall are going to throw at you? And then, if you get your chance, which we obviously got in the second half, can you take that chance? So, 
I think it was a good test for these youngsters, Gav. You know, we've been talking all season about how Mowbray's taken these lads into different environments. They're facing different kinds of challenges. And this was another really, really difficult one for them. And I thought they passed it with, you know, impressively. So, yeah, really, really proud of them. Yeah, and it's it's one of the... It sort of feeds into this conversation that's been going on throughout the last couple of weeks with um, particularly sort of the end of the transfer window and Christian Speakman's yeah. interview, which he did with the, with the club on the club podcast, where there was an opportunity in January, I'm, I'm sure, on you know, there were multiple strikers that we could have signed, yet the decision was taken because the right player to fit this type of team, this culture, this environment, because that type of player wasn't available, they said, no, we're not going to go down that route. We're not just going to bring in anybody. We're not, you know, we're not looking at the free agent list and going, oh, Connor Wickham and Chris Martin, well, they'll probably do a job till the end of the season. We're not, we're not going that route. And yeah. I mean, we'll probably talk about that a little bit more generally as we go on, but like it, it feeds into this performance for me because you look at that team, they're all largely young kids outside of the defence. I mean, even, sorry, no. There's only, you're looking at Danny Bart, other than him, the next ex- most experienced player is probably Patrick Roberts. Yeah. That was a seriously young team. And there's been a big show of faith in the in this squad this week with that interview, with the, the way that the transfer window ended. And I know people probably won't want to hear that, but they've looked at it and they've went, you know what it is? The players we've got, we're going to give them the minutes they need. We're going to give them this experience. We're going to send Jack Clark, Ahmad Diallo, Edouard Michou, Dan Neal to Millwall, where it's notoriously difficult. You're going to get roughed up, kicked a bit, because they're going to learn about a side of the game that they maybe maybe aren't particularly well drilled in. Yeah. Or certainly learn a little bit more about that side of the game. When they go to places like this, that for me is why, you know, when we go to places like Millwall and I see the team we pick is a small team that's not particularly physical and, you know, I don't worry because I think at some point our quality will show and I can put all my faith in these players to work hard. So that's what they did, you know. We weren't going to go to Millwall, in, in my opinion, and play them off the park because it's just no so difficult to do. And. Yeah. In the in the build up of the game, Tony Mowbray in his press conference talked about how when we go to Millwall, yes, we've got to be able to mix it physically, but we don't want to get dragged into a wall because we will lose. Yeah. I think those were the words he used. He said, you know, and when we get the opportunity, we have to play our football. And I don't think we did enough of that. I mean, there were there were some nice moments. I mean, the probably the the nicest move of the game for me was the one where Patrick Roberts ran half a length of the pitch yeah. and should have passed it and didn't. But, you know, we did have those moments in the game where we did play nice stuff. But there's been a big show of faith this week in these players, you know, to say to them, look, we haven't brought a striker in because we believe we have enough. We believe in you. We believe you've got enough quality to be able to manage games in the championship. So we went to Millwall with that in mind and, to me, did a good job of it. I mean, we're not going to be looking back at this game in... 10 years and talking about how great a performance it was or how great a game it was to watch because it wasn't but it's a point on the board it's one of the most important points on the board for me because you're right what you just said before Phil teams are going to go to Millwall and probably have been to Millwall this season and have been beaten with better quality of players on the pitch and yeah huge learning experience for these players I mean I think there are two points here Gav I mean the first one is never in my time supporting this club has there been such a a big show of faith in youth. We've always had teams over the years that have had a smattering of young prospects, you know, here and there, but there's never been, that I can recall, such a heavy 
investment in, in in youth, which I think is really exciting. And the other point about it as well is that I can't remember many Sunderland teams in recent years who've had such a tight team spirit and a real and such a strong sense of unity about them. This is a very very well tightly knitted group of players who really believe in each other, and I think the manager believes in them and and they believe in him. And I think that, that's really credit to Tony Mowbray. But you're absolutely right, Gavin. You know, in many ways, I felt that Saturday was kind of a throwback to the League One years, really. You know, for example, it might have been reminiscent of a trip to Wickham, you know, where we knew what was coming. You know, they would make it, it difficult for us. The crowd would be up for it. And our players would either rise to the challenge or, or, or they would wilt under the pressure. And I felt we rose to the challenge on Saturday without a doubt. But, you know, just touching on your comments about, you know, the free agent market and, and the lack of strikers, look... It would have been great for us to bring in more strikers. And I'm not turning cartwheels at the fact that we've only got Joe Gelhart for the rest of the season. But the days of us bringing in players who would do a job or a short-term fix or whatever, they're gone, Gav. And you know that as well as anybody. They're gone under this regime and they're not going to be coming back. So it was a brave move from, from the hierarchy um, to, to, to stick with what they've got. Um, I felt Christian Speakman explained it quite well, to be honest with you. You know, he, he was articulate about it. He was quite reasoned. He was quite balanced about it, which is fair enough. Um, but it is it is a show of faith, and it's also a challenge for the likes of Ahmad, for Gelhart, for Roberts, for Clark as well, and for the likes of Dan Neal to also chip in with goals as well and, and, and see if they can you know help to fill the void that's being left by Ross Stewart. So yeah, it, it's an incredible show of faith, Gav. You know, some might view it as a gamble, and I think I can see some merit in that as well. But it's exciting, and I think we need excitement as Sunderland fans, Gav. You know, there's no sense now of stagnation or of drifting. I think they're trying to really move this club forward. Um, and they've obviously gone down the, the path of youth investment, which is good. And I think it's really exciting, Gavin. I think that we can be proud of the, of the efforts on Saturday because, you know, it was a really strong Millwall team, physically strong Millwall team as well. And we're not the most physically dominant. But no. We were able to handle what they threw at us and we came away with a point. So big test passed. Yeah. And you, you said gamble there. It is a gamble. It's a huge gamble. But is it one worth taking? They wouldn't. I don't think they would have taken that gamble had we been struggling. But we're not. Yeah. We aren't struggling, we're competing. And I guess the frustration for a lot of fans will be, well, you know, if we take a gamble in the transfer market, then we might get promoted. And, you know, it's it's whether you weigh it up and you go, well, is it worth it? Could we still achieve the same results with the players we've got? And it's a bit of an opportunity, really, because you look at the players we've got and you think, well, you know, how how many other occasions are you going to get where you get this opportunity to play a, a large amount of your young players on in, in nearly every game like you know we might not get this chance again and it's yeah. it's only because players like Evans and Stuart mainly I know right's left but it's only because they they aren't about where we, we these opportunities have been given and they've maybe looked at it and went well you know when 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 else are we going to be able to do this? It's a big big learning curve for some of these yeah. lads, where they're in a situation where say right we've got one striker, um but you know Ahmad's got quality, Patrick Roberts has got quality, and arguably should be shown more. You know other than the the nice touches and intricate play and stuff. You know you want to see some end product from him, and the challenge to Patrick Roberts between now and the end of the season has to be, come on. Get some more goals, get some more assists. You, you, all you got to do is show him that chance at Millwall. Fant- I mean, he, he ran half the length of the pitch. And then when you're just wanting him to just knock it to the side of Gelhart, he shoots himself. And if it goes yeah. in, we're talking about goal of the season contender. But I think, you know, that's maybe the difference sometimes with Pat Roberts and, you know, maybe a Premier League player is he doesn't have that decisiveness. 
Yeah. Um, and you can go right around the pitch. You can go to Joe Gellhart. You know, he probably didn't expect to come straight in playing every week. He was probably expecting to push Ross Stewart for a little bit, then maybe play with him, you know. And the challenge now is, well, good luck to you, son. You've come here to a massive club. You're the only striker. Show what you can do. And like I say, you can go right along the attacking line. You can challenge maybe Jack Clark a little bit more. The lads in the on the, on the fringes, like Abdullah Barr and Joseph Bonetti, you know, get these lads involved a little bit more than we perhaps would have. And we might we should be all right. You know, I can't see us struggling this season. And I think that's the yeah. gamble they've took. They've looked at it and said, we're not going to go down here. So rather than bringing more players, let's give the ones we've got better opportunities. And I guess yeah. to me, you know, you look at the Millwall game, if you'd said to me even a month ago that your midfield away at Millwall would be Mishu and Dan Neal, I probably would have worried a little bit. But, you know, Mishu's only been given opportunities recently because of Corey Evans's injury and he's come in and he's he's shown that he's all right, you know, he's shown he can mix it. And I don't think this was ever going to be a game where he, he shone particularly. But it's a big, again, a big show of faith from us to put him in yeah. that situation. So I actually think this this game at Millwall is a you know sort of a microcosm of the of the wider picture and what's coming in that we went somewhere where traditionally you would expect Sunderland to pick a team to try and counteract what Millwall have got and we didn't and that that's going to be sort of a a benchmark for the rest of the season you know you could have changed it you know you could have probably started Alex Pritchard you could have played circling and got an extra defender in to deal with the aerial threat maybe even started Ekwar instead of Mishu but he didn't yeah. he went with his gut and he went with what's been working for us so it's been a big step forward for me and I, I know I know that there's probably people listening to this thinking what you're talking about we need a striker I know we need a striker you just said it Phil uh, I totally agree we do we could have done with another striker but there's part of us that really likes the ballsiness and the just the gamble they've taken I do quite yeah. admire it. I mean, I don't think that the lack of a striker can kind of, you know, should detract from the overall quality of the squad, Gav, because this is an incredibly exciting Sunderland squad. You know, okay, it would have been lovely to have more strikers in by the end of the transfer window, without a doubt, but we did add some quality and we did add a lot of potential there with obviously the Hadji as well and Ekwar coming in, Joe Anderson as well from Everton. But just, you know, just on Edward Michu, who I think has really been impressive in recent weeks, you know, I think he mentioned after the game, there was a quote from apparently said to Tony Mowbray, you know, we never got this kind of thing out in Paris or in France. Um, and I think, you know, games like Saturday are really important for him, his development as a footballer and not just for his impact for Sunderland because he's obviously come from Paris, you know, the, the glitz and the glamour of PSG, training with superstar players or being involved with a squad filled with superstar players. And then all of a sudden you're at the Den, you've got 18,000 fans, you know, right on top of you. You're in it, you know, the game's tight. It's a, it's a, it's a physical affair. Are you going to rise to that challenge? And I think the attitude, Gav, of someone like Mishu really does kind of typify... The, the attitude of the wider squad is that they're eager to learn. They're not shying away from the challenges. They're embracing, you know, what it means to play for Sunderland. And they're doing so with an incredible amount of pride as well. Um, and I think that's, you know, in no small part down with the culture that's been created by Tony Mowbray because it was obviously a big part of why he was brought to the football club in the first place mm -hmm. to help develop yeah. young players and to take them into tough environments and to guide them and give them, the you know, the, the support that they, that they need as a young as young players. Um, and I think they're thriving on the back of that. Dan Neal's another one. You know, I know Jack Clark had a bit of a frustrating game on Saturday, but he'll come good again. There's no doubt about that. We know that Ahmad's got a lot of quality as well. So I think when you put that all together, I think what you've got is you've got the players kind of in a safe space where they can perform without the crushing pressure that we've had in recent years. 
And I think Mowbray's played a big part in that as well. Yeah. And I think they're thriving on the back of that. So it's definitely... You can see the plan starting to take shape. I know a lot of people have kind of been a bit critical about when they've said that maybe Speakman's a bit inflexible when it comes to the model, so to speak. But when you step back and you look at it in kind of a wider perspective, there's some real rhyme and reason to what's going on at the football club now. And I think long term, it's going to benefit benefit us enormously. I really, really do. Yeah, when, when you see, I, I only just saw the tweet this morning, Jack Clark, that was his 50th appearance in a Sunderland shirt, you know. Yeah. We, we, we're giving opportunities to these young lads where where it's needed. And like I say, they're, they're only going to learn on the job, really. You know, it's going to be yeah. invaluable, I think. You know, what, what other situation would any of these players ever have where they're playing in this sort of environment for a club like this and getting those opportunities in big games? So what I am worried about, I'm, I'm obviously worried about the fact that it's it's impossible to replace Ross Stewart. I just don't think... It doesn't matter how good Joe Gellhart is, he isn't going to be Ross Stewart because he's, one, very different physically and, two, doesn't have the same experience. But I don't think it's a massive step, to be honest. You know, yes, Stewart's got that ability to be more physical and go long and sort of those situations where you have to battle with defenders, Ross Stewart can do it. But when you think about his all-round game, he isn't a out-and-out target man or an out-and-out poacher He's a false nine. He doesn't look like one. You think of false nines, you think of like Luis Suarez, Lionel Messi, yeah. Neymar, those types of players who've sort of perfected that role over the years. You know, you, Ross Stewart's a false nine. He drops in, he works hard sort of when the, the opposition have got the ball and then when we've got the ball, he's often picking up spaces in, you know, wide positions or as a number 10 and feeding it and, and getting involved that way. So it, it's not inconceivable that, Gelhart can't do that. Yeah, I don't expect him to be able to do the physical side of it as well. But I think that that role Stuart actually playing in the team over a 90 minutes as opposed to just what he does in front of the net and scoring goals, Gelhart can replicate that. And I think Ahmad can replicate that, you know, because they're both very capable of doing that. So yeah. that and and to be honest, when you listen to the sort of the language Mowbray uses whenever he's been asked about this recently. He always talks about Ahmad straight away. I think they quite clearly say Ahmad is a player who can play that position too. And yeah, he take, I think to be fair, he's taken up a more central role since the World Cup and he's played a very different role. So I, I don't know. I don't want people to sit and listen to this and think we're sitting making excuses for them because I'm not. I'm really not. I just, I can see the, the bigger picture here. And yeah. while I actually think, you know, the, there's a huge opportunity to get promoted this season... If we do it this way, it'll have been worth it. And if we don't get promoted, then I don't think anyone will be too disappointed anyways because yeah. that was never the original intention of the season. So, you know, if, we sit, if we're sitting here doing this podcast at the end of the season and we've gone, well, we just missed out or we finished ninth or 10th, but we played some fantastic football, we scored some great goals, you know, then we'll probably be like, you know, it was, it was worth it. You know, when yeah. it won't be worth it is if we get more injuries and that's what we can't deal with. God forbid, touch wood, you know, we get an injury to Ahmad or Gelhart, then we are probably struggling a little bit. But that's the same of any team. You know, you you, you yeah. might have two strikers, it could be any club, two or three strikers. If two of those players get injured, then you you are struggling. So it, it just yeah. is what it is. I think it's obvious why people are struggling to take it, but I think maybe, you know, give it a few weeks, people will realise it's not been such a bad thing once Gelhart gets amongst the goals and stuff. I mean, I always felt, Gavin, this is, you know, even looking back to that summer when you looked at the kind of players we were bringing to the football club in terms of attackers, 
I always felt that what they were trying to do was they were they were looking for goals from elsewhere rather than just being solely reliant on Ross Stewart to, to shoulder that burden. And I felt that that was why they brought Ahmad to the club. I felt that it was obviously, you know, they were obviously looking at Patrick Roberts as well. And obviously with other Sims coming in as well, you know, for the first half of the season. So I always got a sense that the recruitment was geared towards helping Ross Stewart and, and, and kind of taking the burden off him. Obviously, you know, he's still your frontline centre forward and he's still got a huge role to play. But making sure that you've got the players behind him who are capable of scoring goals as well. And you're absolutely right, Gav. You know, we, we all know what Ross Stewart can bring to this to this team when he's fully fit. You know, he is a he's an all-round dynamic centre forward who can tick a multitude of boxes. He's a brilliant defender. You know, he can defend at corners, he drops deep and he links to the play and, and, and all the rest of it. So you're, you're right, replacing that is, is nigh on impossible. But what we're going to have to do, and I think Morbury will know this, we're going to have to adapt our style of play in order to get the best out of, out of Joel Gelhart. You know, you wrote about this on the website this morning. If we have to kind of change our style of play or if we have to kind of adapt, if we don't have to go along, et cetera, et cetera, to bring Gelhart into the game more, that's what we've got to do. So it's going to be an interesting test now for the rest of the season to see how we tweak our style of play, what changes we make, and how the likes of Ahmad and Roberts can help Gelhart to kind of, you know, to lead the line. So I, I don't buy the argument, Gav, that losing Ross Stewart and not bringing in any reinforcement is, is a season-ending scenario. Because you look no. at the league table and we're still right in the thick of the playoff chase. You know, we're not we're not drifting away from the playoffs and we're not starting to, to starting to slide. We're still banging the chase for the top six. So I think we need a little bit of perspective in, in that sense. It's going to be a challenge. And as you say, you know, if, if it does cost us a, a top six birth come the end of the season, then I'm sure everyone will reflect and they'll think, what if, you know, if only we brought in him or only if we brought in him. Mm. The model is not perfect, Gav, and I don't think anybody's claiming it is. That, you know, they're learning about trying to iron out the flaws in it. They're trying to make sure that the bases are covered. I don't think they did it entirely in January, but, you know, they've just got to keep on trying. And to a certain extent, you know, it's never going to be perfect, but I do think this is still a very good squad and I don't think we can overlook that. There's a lot of quality there. There's a lot of talent within the team and the challenge for them now for the remaining games is can we pick up where Ross left off? Can we shoulder the burden? And can we chip in with the goals that's going to keep us in the playoff hunting? I don't think attitude-wise is a problem either, Gav. I think they'll be bang up for it. Really, mm. really do. It's interesting as well, isn't it, that they never really gave in as sort of the pressure of... Because it would have been so easy to just go and sign a striker. You know, you looked at that. There was a free agent this doing the rounds on Twitter a couple of days after the transfer window closed. You know, depressing the amount of former Sunderland players that was on, I have to say. But um, I think Wickham was on there. I think, obviously, Chris Martin was on there as well. That's, to me, that's des- that's desperation time, that, it's when you're easy. looking at those types of players. But as, as you said earlier, if, if the dynamic was different, if we were kind of, you know, maybe in the relegation zone or looking as if we were heading towards the relegation zone, it's a different scenario altogether. But we're comfortably in mid-table. We picked up a good point against Millwall on on um on Saturday, we've got an eminently winnable game against Redden this weekend. We've got an FA Cup tie, which to a certain extent is a free swing. We're in a good position, Gav. You know, we're in a really encouraging position. And I don't think the pressure is as intense as it might well have been. And that's got to reflect it in their thinking. Yeah, it, it just shows the difference between sort of now and the the regime that they replaced, really. Because, oh, you know, you, we, we were in this exact situation in the January transfer window where we hadn't replaced Josh Madger and, you know, Stuart Donald nearly bankrupt himself trying to sign Will Grigg, like just yeah. because because of pressure from fans, from social yeah. media and stuff. And the that this is this is a totally different operation now, isn't it? I, I just don't think of the quick fix solutions are part of their, their plan here. And, and again, I know you can you know people might criticize and say, well, you've got to have a certain amount of flexibility, which is fair enough. But I don't think that flexibility should lead you to just kind of going out into the free agent market and signing someone on the basis that they might fit in or they might do a job. As you said earlier, Gav, you know, there's a very, very specific framework 
you know, within which they're operating now. They're targeting players of a certain profile. They're targeting players who they know can contribute both in the here and now and longer term as well. And none of those free agents really would have ticked any of those boxes. So, you know, again, Christian Speakman will stand off for by these decisions. That's his job. You know, and he mm-hmm. knows the fact that comes with being Sunderland sporting director. God knows he's taken a fair bit of it. And again, we know we'll have to see, but I think they've, they've obviously looked at the league table. They've looked at how Mowbray's doing. They've looked at the form that the players are in and they've thought, okay, it's not going to make people too happy. We're going to take a chance. We're going to go with what we've got and we're going to see where it leads. And ultimately, Gav, that's their decision and they'll stand off for by that. Yeah, yeah. And and like I say, we've got players, other players to come into into the fold, haven't we? You know, absolutely. Isaac Lee Hadji to me is an interesting one because I know they've. I think they're going to be pretty patient with him. But when you look at his, he's he's a big boy, you know, quite quick, skillful on the floor. He's going to be in that mix with the other lads. But maybe they look at him and think, you know, give him a month or two, yeah, he'll be seriously competing in this team and probably scoring goals. Depends on you know. I I don't know anything about him. I've not really seen him play. But there's obviously a reason they brought him here. Um, it wasn't yeah. to replace Ross Stewart. I'm not saying that, but they're probably looking at him and thinking towards the end of the month, going into maybe March, he could be in the mix and starting games and and really competing. So we have got options. I think the problem is you get you, you sort of pigeonhole players, and we don't play a rigid formation. We don't play yeah. a bank of four. We don't. We have quite a fluid team, and that attack isn't just a. It's not like the old days when you used to put one up front and that was usually just to lump it forward and um, try and you know, defend away from home or whatever. We play one striker, but we also have three, four players behind them involved in every move. So it's not yeah. just, there, there isn't a heavy reliance on one player to do everything. I'm just not worried, Phil, if I'm honest. I'm just not worried. I don't know whether yeah, it's, I, um, to... I don't know whether it's just, you know, blind faith or whatever, but it doesn't panic us. I wasn't panicked when we didn't sign somebody on deadline day. Um, yeah. After the Millwall game, I didn't feel panicked. Could we have won that game with Ross Stewart up front? Absolutely, but you know he got injured, and there's nothing we can do about that. And yeah. there aren't Ross Stewart's grown on trees, and that's yeah. the sad fact of the matter. I wish there was, but there isn't. So we move on, don't we? And like I say, I saw enough battling qualities from this team at Millwall to suggest we're going to be all right. And by the way, we haven't even mentioned it. We scored a header against a team who are probably the best team in the league when it comes to those situations, defending set pieces. So it, it you know, we are getting in, we, we are improving, we are getting better. And to me, there's not a lot to worry about at the minute. No, I mean, you know, the, the goal we scored against Millwall really kind of, it really kind of was a microcosm of the performance, wasn't it? You know, it was a great ball in from Alex Pritchard, who, by the way, I think his return is going to be enormous for us because, especially with all the experience we've lost, yeah, huge, absolutely. I mean, you know, you look what what he, what he came on against um, Millwall on Saturday. He got his foot on the ball. He kept everything calm. He helped us retain possession, and mm-hmm. the, you know, the, the free kick that he whipped in for the second goal was absolutely perfect. So I don't think you can, I don't think you can underestimate how big Pritchard's return is going to be. But the second goal, Gav. Which you know he took an absolute whacking for his trouble. I know he was briefly knocked unconscious, according to Tony Mowbray. But again, that is the difference in these games between you know walking away empty-handed or walking away with a precious point. Sometimes you've got to show that heart and that determination. I mean, I think it was the goal they scored against Wigan at home where he kind of came in. It wasn't exactly as, as a similar situation, that, but he kind of died. Yeah, in, he did. Yeah, went in yeah. where it hurts. You know, and Serkin's got that, and and that's from a young player as well. Mm-hmm. By the way, that's not from a. If someone like Danny Bart had done that, we'd have been saying that's just Bart doing Bart things, isn't it? You know, he's brave, he's big, he's strong. He goes in there for a young player like Serkin, who's had injury problems since he's been at the club, to go in like that, get right in where it hurts, and make contact with the ball. That shows incredible battling qualities, Gavin. Those battling qualities are going to be huge for us between now and the end of the season, because when you put that together with the undoubted skill and the talent that we've got. 
you know, sometimes we've had talent at some of the teams, but their attitude hasn't quite been right. But I think with this team, you've got the perfect mix. Yeah. And that's really going to set us in good stead for the rest of the season. And in a way, it, was, it felt strangely satisfying to score a goal like that because it was an ugly goal to score. But they can be the most satisfying ones, can't they? You know, it's always yeah. great to see a you know, wonderful goal, but to score one like that, really, really satisfying. Yeah, it's a good point. We move on. We've got Fulham. We'll quickly talk about this before we leave, Phil. Uh, Fulham yeah. on Wednesday night. Uh, you looking forward to that? You think we're going to be in the mix? Absolutely, Gav. I think it's a really good chance for the players again, you know, to get back in front of a home crowd, mm. you know, to show what they could do. Hopefully the game will probably be maybe a little bit similar to the, the first game down at Craven Cottage and we've got the time and the space to play the natural side of the football. It's a free hit, Gavin. I just want to see the players go out there and really play their game, play without pressure, play without fear, which I think they will. I don't think they'll, yeah. they'll be they'll be too worried about that. And if we get through, great. And if we don't, then it's a learning experience and we move on to Redden. So, you know, and it'll be interesting to see, of course, you know, how Tony Mowbray goes in terms of team selection, maybe make some changes, you know, give some of the other lads a rest. And yeah, I think it's going to be a really exciting game, Gavin. I'm really looking forward to it, I have to say. Yeah, I think Luke O'Nine's back for this one, isn't he? Um, yes. So he'll probably play. Yeah. You'll, you would imagine maybe Pierre will play Abdullah Bar Pritchard. You know there are changes to be made. I think. I think yeah. it's a bit different to the first game where I think we need, we probably do need to make a few changes. But I still like to say I think we'll compete. It's going to be on TV, so that's good. And you know, yeah. what, go for it. <laughs> I think we've we we've established that there's no fear at the minute with Sunderland, and there's no reason why we should fear Fulham. There's no reason why yeah. we should fear anything really. And and if we get beat, we get beat, you know. But as long as we go out there and we do our thing, then you can't complain, really, can you? Yeah. All you want to see our players do is do their best. And our best at the minute seems to be by playing some fantastic football and working very hard. And when it, whether we win, lose, or draw, that doesn't disappoint me. I've never come away from a game this season, I don't think, and felt we didn't give enough. We didn't work yeah. hard enough. So... Let's take it to Fulham. Let's just see what happens, you know. And and the boys we throw in, present them with that opportunity and say, look, you're getting a chance tonight because on Saturday we've got a really big game and we've lost a few lads. We've got positions up for grabs and we need you to take them. Challenge has to be to like a Luke O'Neill, you know. You've lost your spot through a bit of stupidity. Yeah. But prior to that, you were arguably our most important player and the defence has established itself in your absence. So... You need to have a great game tonight. Go out there and do it against Premier League opposition. Yeah. That you know, there's many conversations to be had, but the wider point is that there's nothing to fear here, really, is there? No, no, absolutely not. And you know, as you said, Gav, you know, it, it really is an excellent chance for you know someone like Pierre Equa, for example, um, who I think Mowbray is kind of gradually phasing in. You know, this feels like the perfect opportunity to start and to see what he can bring to the table. And yeah, for, you know, Abdul the Bar as well, who we all know has got a lot of quality, but he's been out with the pitcher for a while. Um, and yeah, I think that Mowbray will, you know, to me, it's the kind of the classic thing of, you know, wanting to show the opponent and the competition due respect, but also with one eye on the league, which of course is the priority. But he's got that, he's got that scope to change things if, if he wants to. So yeah, I would expect some changes, but I don't think this is going to be necessarily a second string Sunderland team that he puts out. And I don't think they'll be, they'll go out there with the attitude of it's just one more game to get out of the way. I think they'll go out there, they'll give it their all. They'll want to win. They'll want to give the fans something to get excited about because obviously we've got Leeds in the next round and there'll be a lot of hype yeah. around that game as well with the 50th anniversary and so on. And I think this team, you know, in, in, the, in the first game down at Craven Cottage, I think they, they performed like a team that really cares about this competition. They didn't phone the performance in. They were really up for it. And I think it'll be the same on Wednesday, Gav. So I'm really excited about it, I have to say. Think we'll win? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do, I think we'll win. I think it'll be nervy and I think it'll be um I think it'll be tense and I think Fulham will definitely 
they'll definitely put us to the test again. But yeah, I think we will win it. I really, really do. I've got a lot of faith in this team. Yeah, same. I think we'll win one nil. I think, but um, you know, if we don't, then I don't really care either. You know, either way, it is what it is. Although you just remind us there about the Leeds thing. That's the character dangle in front of the players, isn't it? Because it's a big home yeah, game. Absolutely. It's going to be on TV. You, you know what the narrative is going to be around the game because of the anniversary of the 1973 Cup final. It's going to. It just feels right that we should play yeah. Leeds. So. Yeah, I'm pretty hopeful about this one. But yeah, I, yeah. I, all I want to say is I'm go out there, play some good stuff, and you know, let's see what happens. Um, Absolutely. Cheers, Phil. Thanks for joining us, mate. No worries, Gav. Thank you very much. Cheers, listeners. Thanks for joining us as always. Make sure you catch up with rotorreport.espionation.com all throughout the week. We'll have post and pre match and all the rest of it stuff, opinions, news, views, all that good stuff from Sunderland fans just like your good self. And yeah, we'll catch you down the road. Cheers. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.